Okay, good morning everyone. Good to be back. Good to see all the familiar faces. Hope everyone had a great Yontif. And we are going to pick up from the Mishnah on Yud Amal Beis, four lines from the bottom. Shir should be for for Shlema, for I am leaving where you Esther, and for a Ilan Hashama for Chaya Esther Tila Basra Gabriel Pinchas Carmel Shaivan Reza and Sivia Sonia Basra. Okay, everyone should have all holy souls should have a for Shlema. Okay, bottom of Yud Amal Beis. We're going to pick up from the Mishnah. Beishamai Omer and Be'erv Kol Adam Yatav Yikra Vavoki Yamod Shneimar B'Shach Barav Kumecha. We're going to discuss now these words. B'Shach Barav Kumecha V'Lech Tchavidarich. Is it going to be just a reference to the time obligation? or how one has to actually be, what position they have to be when they recite the Kriya Shema. We know the Kriya Shema Chiyav is, we said, morning and night. When you arise and when you go to sleep. And the question is, does also lend significance to the position which we are in when we recite the Shema? So Bishamah says, in fact, it does. It says, it tells us two things. Bar Erev, at night, when one recites the Kriya Shema, you actually have to lay down because it says when you're laying. However, in the morning when you say it, uh, it says, Uf-kumecha, you must be standing erect, you must be upright when you recite Kriya Shema. Basila says, no. Kol Adam Kari Kedarko. You can read it in any position you would like. Shinem Ovelech Lechova Derech. It's true. B'Shoch Barav Kumecha is said in the Pasuk. That only really uh, defines the time parameters of the mitzvah. However, when it says, even when you're going on your way, that tells us that you can say it in any position you want. Even when you're going on your way, when you're walking, you don't have to lay down, you don't have to stand up, you can be walking. So says Beis Hillel, they tell us, if it's not the position, what does No, it's merely a time parameter. You say it in any position you want when one is lying down, meaning at night, and one, one would be standing up, meaning getting out of bed. So I'm Rabbi Tarfon, I was on my way. I actually stopped, I was got off my donkey, and I lay down on the street. I actually followed the advice of Bishamai. I lay down on the street. I was almost killed. These uh, highway bandits, these robbers came by, saw me uh, laying down. I was uh, low-hanging fruit, and they were about to mug me and kill me. So Amrlo, so they said to him, He got a very, very strong rebuke. You deserve death for not following the advice of Beis Hillel, which is a very, very strong rebuke. Sorry? Since the halacha is like Beis Oh, since the halacha is like, very good. So the question is, what was so wrong? What did he do that was so bad? In fact, even Beis Hillel says you can lie down. It's not that Beis Hillel says you can't lie down. He says you can do it in any position you want. So what in fact was the problem? So the Masilas Yisharim in Perak Chaf discusses that when one goes against the Psak, you're actually machlish koach Torah. You're actually weakening the Torah because you're giving the impression that they're two different Torahs. Two different Torahs. Basically, we have a concept of Eilu ve'elu, divrilukim chayim. We're supposed to understand, why do we have to understand what Beishamai holds? If we don't hold like Beishamai, do we really care? Do we really have to investigate what, what the reason for their halach is? What's the, what's the, uh, the source or what's the svara? behind their position. If we don't follow them, what's the purpose of needing to, to understand them? So the Gemara is going to say, what does Beis Shammai say? Hakmi doesn't hold like Beis Hillel. If we don't hold like Beis Shammai, what do we really care? So we see the concept of Eilu Ve'elu, Divil Kamechayim, that we really have to say in both positions, is not a din psak. It's a din in Talmud Torah. It's a kima Talmud Torah. We're supposed to understand both positions, but it should not, it should not uh, lead us to go ahead and uh, ignore or uh, reject the psak. So since he was rejecting the psak here, 
uh, he was Chayv Misa. Okay, the Gemara continues now. Says the Gemara, Bishlama, I understand according to Beis Hillel, I understand why Beis Hillel says what they say, but why does Beis Shammai not say like Beis Hillel? So Amri lecha beishamai imkei nimakrabah bokav erev. If b'shach b'rav kumecha was there only to tell us the time parameters, then it didn't have to say b'shach b'rav kumecha when you're laying down and when you get up. All they had to say was night and morning, morning and night. If that was the only reason, only limud uh, that we're getting from the these words, just tell us the the time, day and night, in morning and, and evening. You don't have to tell me the position. What does the position come to tell us? My What does it mean when you're laying down getting up? It tells us both things, says It tells us at the time when you're sleeping, meaning at the time you're sleeping at night, you must actually be laying down. And when you are, would get up, which means in the morning, you have to actually, you actually have to be standing upright. And therefore, Beishame says each of these phrases, the phrase teaches us two aspects, time and position. But you still don't do it when you have, you have a threat to your life. Oh, okay. Correct. <coughs> so now, Maksha, the Gemara says, now, What is Beishamai going to do with this Belech Tavaderech? After all, this is the source that Beishil said, when you're on your way, means any way, any way position you're in, or even when you're on traveling on the road, no one's going to expect you, as Rabbi Tarfan did, to get off your donkey and lay in the middle of traffic. So my Avrilu, what is he going to do with this Pasuk? So Ahu, this possibly he needs this for the following. When you are sitting in your house, Prat Mitzvah. This is one of the most famous halachos in in Shas. This is also also in Sukatav Chafhei. We'll discuss why it needs both in a second. But the limud is when do you say Kriyashma? When you are sitting in your house, comes to exclude the Osek Mitzvah. And we'll see what that means in a second. When you're on your way, it's prat lechassan. A chassan is exempt from kriyashma. So basically what this saying is follows. B'shif techa means when are you obligated to say kriyashma when you're sitting idle in your house. B'shif techa You're sitting there, you have nothing to do. Zman kriyashma comes on, you have to go and say kriyashma. V'lech And when you are on your way, it's a prat lechassan. You don't have, if you're involved in something else, a chassan doesn't have to say kriyashma, specifically a chassan. We'll get to this in a second. But this, we'll, we'll take a deep dive in a minute. But this is known as osik mitzvah patrum mitzvah. When I'm involved in mitzvah A, when I'm currently engaged in the performance of one mitzvah, and another mitzvah comes my way, I am exempt from the second mitzvah. We'll have to take a little under, deeper understanding what exactly what this means. Let's go on to the Gemara. We'll come back to this. Mikan Omru says the Gemara. From here we learn. Hakonis esabesula potter, the night that a chassan marries, marrying is the first marriage. He's marrying a besula, a virgin. He is potter. He is exempt from reciting kriyashma that night. However, if you marry an almana, you're chayiv. You will still the the chassan that night of the of the of the wedding. She's she's already been married. She's no longer besulim, a besula. Then he is chayav, and the thought process is that since he is so worried whether she's going to be in fact a virgin, whether pesach pasuch masatzi, or all different kinds of thoughts, whether you know he's, it's the first time he's performing the mitzvah, he's so torrid to go ahead and perform the mitzvah correctly. He's, he's, he's burdened with the thought that he's pater. Whereas in almana, if you marry an almana, presumably you've already you've already had tashmish already, so it's not consuming your mind. You're not pater.
Okay, the Gemara is going to explain a little bit further. So my mashma, what do we learn from here? Or our Papa says, now you, by the way, so it says, ma so it says, ki derech, ma derech av kol rishos. So it says, since v'lech derech, it must mean that you, when you're on your way, it means when you're specifically, when you're doing something that's uh, voluntary, you're not involved in a mitzvah. So when you're doing something that's voluntary, you're on your way, and you're, you're involved in something else, you're not chayav in, that, sorry, that's when you're chayav in shema, v'lech derech, specifically when you're doing something voluntary, to the exclusion of doing a mitzvah. Okay, the Gemara says, how do you know, by the way, that when you're on your way, it means for something voluntary, something uh, mundane? How do you know it's not a mitzvah? How do I know that the person's not on his way to go and fulfill a mitzvah? Says, it means if you're on your way to do something mundane, that's when you're chayiv in Kriyashma. Implication is, if you're on your way for a dvar mitzvah, then you're chayiv, then you'll be putter from Kriyashma. Who says Who says the word vaderech means voluntary? That's a davarishus. Maybe you're on your way to see your rebbe. Maybe you're on your way to do pidyon shvuyim. Maybe you're involved in a mitzvah. You're on your way to do a mitzvah. In fact, in fact, the, the Mishnah Sukkot of Chav Hey, we're going to see in a second, says shluche uh, mitzvah petur min If you are on your way to do a mitzvah, you don't have to sit in the sukkah. And Rashi gives three examples there. Two of them are on your way. One of them is you're on your way to see your rebbe. And the other one is you're on your way to do the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim, to redeem captives. So who says that when it says here, necessarily means a Davar Shus? Maybe it's a Davar Mitzvah, and you're still chayif to go ahead and say Kriya Shema. So who says, Osek Mitzvah, Mitzvah? How do, can we learn out from here? How do you justify learning out that if you're involved in Mitzvah A, you, you're part of Mitzvah B? Mor says, Miloskin, and because of Davar Mitzvah, maybe we're talking about here where you're, to do a, you're on your way to do a mitzvah and you're still chai to say Kriya Shema. So maybe the concept of Osek Mitzvah, when you're involved in Mitzvah A, you are exempt from Mitzvah B, doesn't even get off the ground. There's no limit for it. Because we're talking about a mitzvah here and you're still chai to say Kriya Shema. The says, if that was the case, if the Mishnah, when the, in the Chumash says, Velech Chavadarach, was really talking about a Dvar Mitzvah and you're still chai, it would say, Besheves The Torah should have said, it should have said, going and coming. Why does it say, in the, in the personal, in the second, uh, right, in the second person, when you are sitting, when you are going, meaning in your sitting and you're going, it must mean, something about in your sitting, in your walking, meaning to the exclusion of Hashem's walking. You're sitting for your purposes. You're walking for your purposes. So it must be a Dvar and it's a Dvar and that's when it says that you're Chayv in Kriyashma. But to the implication is if you're involved in an act that's related to a mitzvah, you'll be exempt. Again, <clears throat> Beishamai doesn't have what to do with the words Velech Tchavaderach. Velech Tchavaderach, Beishelah said, teaches us we can say Kriyashma in any position you want. Even when you're on the road, when you're traveling, say Kriyashma. If that's the case, then Beishamai is sort of in a pickle right here. Because Beishamai says... Um, it, it, you just have to specifically you must be laying down and you must be standing up in the morning laying down at night if that's the case what is he going to do with the words of that Beis Hillel uses to teach us you could say it in any position this is not a problem Lech teaches us that only if you're involved in a Devar if you're on your way if you're sitting idle watching a game then you're Chayv in Kriya Shema when you're doing something mundane but if, if you were, bless you, if you were to be involved in a Devar Mitzvah, then you would be Pater from Kriyashma. And says Beishamai, this is the concept of Osik Mitzvah, Pater Mitzvah, Mitzvah. When one is involved in Mitzvah A and you are faced with another Mitzvah, you're faced with another Mitzvah, you would be Pater. But, but being with the, the first night with Betula, 
and be, being with almana, is it not the same mitzvah? A fantastic question. So you're asking, the question is mitzvah, but the difference is, the, the Gemara here, oh, the Gemara here uh, understands that when one is torrid b'machshava, when the burden of performing the mitzvah is on you, and you're thinking the, how to best perform the mitzvah, that's considered an act of the mitzvah itself. You do not have that with an almana. But now you do have a mitzvah. So after the wedding, so yes, but after you do the tashmas, you can go ahead and do the. Uh, but if you're the whole night, you're up worrying about the with the the, the consummating the marriage with Masula, you're tarred by machshava. <coughs> you're weighed down with thoughts. You're a The Gemara says. <coughs> so this is Ayal's question. Gemara continues. If it's the case that a chassan is potter because he's osek mitzvah, so this is Ayal's question. Even if you're marrying. The almana, a widow, you should also be potter because you're also involved in the mitzvah. That's what the Gemara right. says. High tarid, high low tarid. No, as we just explained, that the you know, little bit of trepidation, a little fear, the first time a chas and a kala <clears throat> have tashmish, so he's obviously burdened with the thought, and because you don't want to take away from the thought, you want to be able to, him, for him to be able to complete the mitzvah with, uh, with a pure heart, with good thoughts, uh, and therefore uh, he is potter from Kriyashma. That same concern does not apply when it comes to an almana. How long is he for the Just the first night. Yeah, he's not chassan, not always. Just, just the yeah, first night. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <clears throat> it's a great question. Machlokas, Tosvas, and Ron. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but you're not so worried about. Part of the reason you're worried is that maybe I'm not going to find her to be a basulim. Uh, and it, it's a little more. Yeah. Mm. Once he once he does it, once he does it, he's fine already. But assuming he doesn't do it that night, the whole night until he does it, he's, he's tired of machshava. The Gemara continues. Imishum <clears> terda. <throat> If you're going to tell me that someone's thought process is enough to go ahead and exempt them from the mitzvah of Kriyashma, so what happens if the stock market crashes? What happens if we suffer a personal loss? Right? What happens if it's pouring outside and we have a leak in our house and we're, all we can think about is that leak in the kitchen? So if it's just a thought process, that's enough to go ahead and to exempt me from mitzvahs kriyashma. The Gemara says, According to that, if it's all a thought process, then if my boat is drowning, today your car is submerged in Fort Lauderdale over Pesach, I'm, I'm part of from kriyashma, if that's all it is. If you can say as follows, he says, we also know that in Ovel, is potter from all the mitzvos, okay? Is is um sorry, from all the mitzvos except he's he's potter from tefillin. Why is he, if, if that's the case? And Ovel is obviously always thinking about what's going on. So why is he chayiv in mitzvos? We says he's potter from tefillin. Why are you potter from tefillin? As an aside, Yecheska was told when his wife died that he has to wear tefillin. You can't not wear tefillin. But everyone else, you're potter from tefillin. The reason is. Because an Ovel puts dirt on their face. When they're, when they're rolling around by the grave the first day, the Yom HaKvura, they're potter from tefillin because it says, Chavosh Peralecha, right? Peralecha Chavosh Alecha, that it's a glory is, is bound on your head. So the tefillin are referred to as glory. And the first day of, of Avelos, you should not go ahead and wear tefillin. But everything else, they're chayavin. So if you're going to tell me an Ovel is chayavin all the mitzvos, but isn't he thinking about the, the mace? Isn't he thinking about, why, is, why should we chayev? We just said, osik mitzvah, potter in a mitzvah. If you're involved in a mitzvah, you're potter from the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, hasam tirda tirdas mitzvah. 
There's something fascinating here. It says when you're involved just in the stock market or your boat sinking, that's not a terda of a mitzvah. That's a financial concern that's not related to the mitzvah. That is not an exempt. The implication is that even by an ovel, the maisa mitzvah is tearing your, rending, rending your shirt, not having tashmish, growing your hair out, not showering. That's the maisa mitzvah. But the thought process is a rishos. That's what the Gemara seems to say here. All right, but if you are actually involved in the thought process of a mitzvah, that would exempt you. But the examples that you're giving are not are not are not do uh, not qualify. It's not enough to be torahed. One has to actually be torahed in a devar mitzvah. And the Gemara is gonna, we're going to finish up. And the Gemara says, "Beishamai who me boyle pralishluchem mitzvah and beisilo armi mimela dafilo shmamina dafilo b'derech nami kara." So beisilo actually agrees with Beishamai and says, "I agree with the concept of osik mitzvah patrim in a mitzvah, but I also went out because it says v'lech dechava derech that when you're on your way, it also teaches us the concept of that one is allowed to go ahead and any way they want, any position they want, is allowed to go ahead and say kriya shma." So this is the sugya of. Osik mitzvah, patram and mitzvah. As I said, it also mentions it in the Gemara Sukkah Daf Chafei in the Mishnah. There it says shluche mitzvah. If you're on your way to a mitzvah, you're patr from the Sukkah. <clears throat> Asks the Pnei Yoshua, why do I need the second source in Sukkah? After all, the pasuk is from Kriyashma, and we have a source here in Brachas Daf Yud Aleph. So and so, why do I need to tell me again a separate? What, why doesn't just list five hundred mitzvahs? If I do this. If I'm shluchim, it's on potter from mezuzah. I'm potter from this. Why does it have to tell us again that you're potter from sukkah? What's the unique aspect there? It says the Pnei Yeshua something fascinating. Had I only had this source, it would tell me that if I'm involved in mitzvah A, I don't have to go ahead and say kriyashma. That's what we're learning here. All it means is that I don't have to do a mitzvah. It says the Pnei Yeshua something fascinating. The reason why it also tells us in sukkah. Because it says, if I go ahead, am I allowed to eat outside of a sukkah generally? No, you have to eat inside the sukkah. So there's a bigger chiddush by sukkah. There's an iser asay. If I eat outside the sukkah, it's not that I'm just not fulfilling a mitzvah asay. It's not just that I'm not saying kriyat shema. I'm violating something. It's not a los asay. I'm not, you're not allowed to violate a los asay. But I'm being mevatel on asay by eating outside the sukkah. So there's a much bigger chiddush in, in Gemara sukkah. If I'm involved, you tell me to go ahead and do the mitzvah pidyon shvuyim, and I stop at a pizza store along the way and I have two slices, I don't have to eat in a sukkah, I'm a vatel and I say, it's an Israel say, and yet it still applies osek mitzvah, patr and mitzvah. So the chiddush in sukkah is much greater. It's not just that I'm involved in mitzvah A, I don't have to do mitzvah B. The fact that a Gemara there tells us that if you're shluch mitzvah, you're only do mitzvah, I don't have to sit in a sukkah, that means you can eat outside of a sukkah. That's a bigger chiddush. Everyone understand that? Okay, next point. <clears throat> How do I understand the concept of Osik mitzvah, patr and mitzvah. Let me give you an example. Um, we're all, hopefully we're all wearing tzitzis right now, so we're all doing a mitzvah. Does that mean we're exempt from any other mitzvah? If someone comes and asks for a tzedakah, if I have to go and put up a mezuzah, do I, am I patr from putting on tefillin? I'm wearing tzitzis. So if you're wearing tzitzis right now, you're doing a mitzvah. So Osik mitzvah, patr and mitzvah. I'm involved in a mitzvah, so I should be patr from the next mitzvah. The question is, how do we define the word osik? How does we define the word involved? So this is a huge machlok, it's a tosos naran, and you have tons of Rishonim Rachronim going in each corner. Tosfos says as follows. Tosfos says, if I'm able to go in and do both mitzvahs, you have to do both mitzvahs. Osik be mitzvah, patram in a mitzvah means where e efshar lekaim shneim, where I'm unable to perform both mitzvahs. Where I'm unable to perform both mitzvahs. Obviously, wearing tzitzas does not inhibit us, does not hold us back from performing any of the mitzvah. It's a 
passive mitzvah. So Tosa says if it's just a passive mitzvah, you would be obligated to go ahead and do another mitzvah. The Ron says not so quickly. The Ron says osek, if you're involved. <coughs> if you're involved, as opposed to a passive mitzvah, meaning not sitzis, but if I'm affixing the mezuzah, let's say with Velcro, it doesn't take two hands, but I'm actively involved putting up a mezuzah, I'm osek, and an ani comes to give tzedakah, I don't have to give the, the ani tzedakah. Because if you're actively involved, even if I can do both simultaneously, even if, against Tosos, Tosos again said, only time you, Osik Mitzvah, Patum Mitzvah applies is if I cannot do both at the same time. And we'll have to understand why you need a Svarth, that if I can't do both at the same time, I'm not superhuman, how can I do both? Why do I need, why do I need a Pasuk? We'll get to that in a second. But Tosa says, if I'm able to do both, even if I'm doing one, you have to do both. The Ron says, no, if you're Osik, if I'm actively involved in one, I'm putting up with Velcro, one hand, the mezuzah, you have that strong Velcro, I'm putting it up with one hand on the wall, and an ani comes, sorry, I'm actively involved in a mitzvah, I don't have to do mitzvah too, even though I could theoretically do it, I have a free hand. So that's what the Ron says. Tzitzit is passive. is passive, it doesn't hold us back from anything, you're not involved in tzitzit, you're wearing the tzitzit, you're not involved in the tzitzit. So it's interesting, the Ramah in, in Arachayim, Simon Lamed Ches, discusses by Tefillin, and he says as follows, he actually seems to suggest like the run and he and that um we only if you're able to do both you you're still exempt if you're actively involved in the mitzvah it's interesting he, the bear halacha brings a couple examples there he brings first of all the bear halacha seems to say that the rambam the magen avram all the paskin the base yosef the ramah they all passing like the run like the run that if you are actively involved in a mitzvah you don't have to do mitzvah base even if you can't do them. He brings a couple examples. He says, if you're doing sh- shmirah on a mace, on a, if someone passed away and you're doing shmirah, you're watching the body, or if you're digging the grave and you actually need a breath, a break, to regain your strength, to continue the mitzvah, to help the vayas a mace of gemilas chasadim, your potter, says the Lacha from the mitzvah in between. So if you have an ani, let's just say, come to make it practical, you have an ani coming around the cemetery collecting, and you're actually catching your breath from digging, and you stopped, even though Tosfa says, I can do it, I can reach into my pocket, but since you're involved in taking a break so that you can continue the mitzvah, is considered being involved, says the Baralacha, if I'm doing shmirah, if I'm digging, you're potter. It's interesting. There are a lot of Rachronim, Rishonim, who, who bring rayas throughout uh, Torah, Shas. Interesting, the Aruch Laner brings a very interesting example. The Aruch Laner says that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was on his way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mitzavahim, to go ahead and to redeem B'nai Yisrael from the Avdos. We just celebrated Pesach, Yon Dioma. He was on his way, and yet the Torah, he's, he's, he's uh, maligned for not doing uh, a bris meal on his child. Right? The, the Malach HaMavis was going to kill him. Says L'Aruch Laner, if he was Osek B'mitzvah, if you're Osek mitzvah, Pater Mena Mitzvah just means you're actively involved in a mitzvah. So he was, there was no bigger mitzvah. Gadosh Baruch Hu said, go get B'nai Yisrael. So he was on his way. He was lodging for the night so he can continue the journey the next day, but he was tired. That's considered being osik in the mitzvah. If you, the Ron, were right, that if you're actively involved in a mitzvah, which includes the resting stages to complete the mitzvah, if you are right that resting, is, uh, that being involved in a mitzvah is enough to potter you from the second mitzvah, to exempt you from the second mitzvah, what was the problem? Moshe Rabbeinu not doing, why was he almost killed for not doing the bris meal? He was exempt. He was on his way to do Pidyon Shavuyim. In fact, that's the example Rashi gives in Sukkot Chav Hey. You're on your way to... What? The covers. Oh, yeah, okay. No, maybe that's the answer. Oh, maybe that's the answer. That's much more chamor. 
but still, it's, it's or it's a mitzvah on someone else, or it's mitzvah. Okay, but she did it, so so it's mitzvah on someone else. So he, he was maligned, he was maligned. Sipara did it, but he was maligned. So um, <clears throat> so Arachner says this is a proof to Tosfos that if even if you're involved in one, if you have the ability to do the second mitzvah, you have to go in and do the mitzvah. Okay. Now the question is, Tosfos says something. Tosfos says if I'm un, if I'm able to do both, I must do both. If I am unable to do both, that's where the exemption comes in, right? Whereas the Ran says, even if I could do the second mitzvah, if I'm actively involved in the first mitzvah, I don't have to do the second mitzvah. Ask the Ritva, why do I need a pasuk, according to Tosos, to teach us that if I can't physically do both, I'm exempt from the second? And if I didn't have the pasuk, what? I would think, how could you do both? If the whole exemption is only if I can't do both mitzvahs, I need a pasuk for that? Give me a scenario if I'm not able to do both mitzvahs, I'd have to do both mitzvahs. It's not humanly possible. Mitzvah, no. Hashem, no. The second one is also mitzvah. But, then, but then you're not actually involved in the mitzvah. We're going to get to that. That's a question. We're going to get to that. Put down the shovel, open your wallet, give them the money, pick up the shovel. There's a rambam. We're going to get to that in a second. That, that's the question. Are you allowed to? So the ritva says you guys are both wrong. The ritva says... Once the Torah comes and tells us this concept of osik mitzvah, patr mitzvah, it means the second one is a devar rishos. It's an optional. You're not allowed to forsake and stop doing a mitzvah for something that's optional. In other words, he's saying that even if I didn't have this pasuk, I would know if I can't do both, maybe I would choose one or the other. The Torah is saying you can't choose one or the other. The Torah is saying if you're actively involved in the performance of mitzvah A, that is your mitzvah, the second mitzvah comes, you almost have like a, a force field. It's only Dvar Shus. You're not able to stop the Dvar Mitzvah of Dvar Shus. You can't stop learning to watch a Yankee game. So just like this, you can't stop Mitzvah A to perform Mitzvah B because it's not a Mitzvah for you. It's only Dvar Shus. That's the Chiddush of the Ritzvah. What if it's a Mitzvah and nobody else can do it? Fantastic. We're going to get to that in a second. That's called Eif Shal Hesos We're going to get to that in a second. Oh, that thought, Alan. I did not discuss this with Alan beforehand. Very good, Alan. Now, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, by the way, if Shlomo Zalman in his Alicha Shlomo says that if you're saying Kriyashma, which we now know is a mitzvah daraisa, and an Ani comes in the middle of Kriyashma, many shows that they don't allow them to, uh, to come around during, during davening. I was in Muncie recently for Purim, and it's, it's, uh, it's nonstop there. Shlomo's from there, you know, in Shiner. It's every second. Unfortunately, there's so many Aniim there, they're coming around nonstop. So, uh, Shlomo Zalman says, you do not stop Kriyashma, you do not interrupt your kavan of Kriyashma to give tzedakah. Now, he's not discouraging giving tzedakah. What he did is he lined up Shkalim on a shtender, and the, hopefully the onions would come and only take one at a time and not clean, the whole, uh, clean off the whole shtender. But um, I remember the first time, I remember when I was like in six or seven years old, my mother prepared a whole bag of uh, trick-or-treats in West Orange. One big bag, and she put small little pekalach in there, and my older brother, I'm not going to say who because I have two older brothers, one of them gave the entire bag to the first person that came with the 50 small bags, and we were wiped out after one. <laughs> so hopefully... So this is what he said. He said, it's going to stare your kavana. You have to have kavana. Kriyashma. So if you're reaching into your pocket and opening and taking out a dollar is going to stare your kavana, don't, you're not obligated, because But again, I'm not saying he discouraged him. It's just, okay, he had it lined up, it's enough to bother him. Okay, now, continuing. So now we're going to get to Alan's stuff. So, 
the question is, we know that there is a concept of osik mitzvah, patram, and a mitzvah. So what about when it comes to Talmud Torah? So let's see. According to the Ran, if you're learning, according to the Ran, the Ran says that if you're, if you're involved in a mitzvah, even if you could do the second mitzvah, you don't stop. So how would that apply to learning Torah? If I'm learning Torah and I stop, then I, it's impossible for me to do both because... I'll never get back that chiyuv of, 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 of Talmud Torah that I had in that. You can never make up that, uh, you can never make up that, that second. And according to Tosos, also you shouldn't have to stop to learn because I can't do both according to Tosos. And according to the Ran, I don't have to stop to do, do the other mitzvah because even if I can do both, since I'm actively engaged, actively performing one mitzvah, I don't have to stop to do the, to the second mitzvah. So when one is learning, presumably you have a kula, so to speak, both according to the Ran and both according to Tosos, right? You should not have to stop learning in order to do a mitzvah. Either because I can't do both at the same time. If I stop learning, I'll never be able to get back that second of Talmud Torah. And according to the Ran, if I'm actively engaged in a mitzvah, even if I could do the second mitzvah, I'm not obligated to because it's actively involved. So when it comes to learning, you should not have to stop according to either one. In fact, though, that's not the case. Gemar Shabbos, Daf Yudah Aleph says, that you stop for Kriyashma and for, you stop learning to say Kriyashma and for Tefillah. Why? Gemara says, um, Sorry, the Gemara says there you stop. I apologize. And the Gemara Yishami says there that, that, um, that a Talmud Chacham doesn't stop. But a regular person stops. Why? Because you have to perform the mitzvahs. So the question is, if you're stopping to learn, why do you stop to learn Torah to perform the other mitzvahs? Oh, I will get to that. Good. So the question is, if you go ahead and you have a, a regular mitzvah, you're potter. Talmud Torah is the greatest mitzvah there is. Talmud Torah connected kulam. And yet, we say you have to stop. Why do you have to stop? So, it's interesting. Interesting. The Gemara in Moed Katan says, and this is where Alan, when Alan um, point comes in, we say, with the only time you stop learning is for a mitzvah that will go wasted if you don't do it. It's a mitzvah that no one else can do. For example, you're learning and you see an elderly woman crossing the street with six bags from the grocery store. There's no one else around and she's, gonna, she's not going to make it. So you have to stop learning. You have to stop learning to help this elderly woman cross the street. If you see three young men there, younger light can help her, you don't stop, let them do it. So the Gemara Mori Katan says, there's a very big distinction. So if, when do we say that one stops his learning to perform a mitzvah? Is if there's no one else to do the mitzvah and the mitzvah is going to be a wasted opportunity. No one's going to do it. But if the mitzvah will be done by somebody else, you have to go ahead. It won't be done by someone else, you have to stop learning. With that in mind, listen to this Rambam. This is fascinating. The Rambam in Hukos Talmud Torah says as follows. You have a chance now to do a mitzvah or to learn. If the mitzvah can be done by somebody else, says the Rambam, one should not stop learning Torah. Vimlav, listen to these two words, this is incredible. If not, yasa mitzvah, if there's no one else to do the mitzvah, stop learning. And he sticks in two words, which you can see are incredible. V'yachzor letalmudo. And he must return to his learning. If you had a chavrusa and you had to stop because there was no one to help this woman schlepper bags, Stop the learning, do the mitzvah, 
But go back to learning. That's Rambam ein Hilchas Talmud Torah. Listen to what the Rambam says in Hilchas Ishus. It says, by, Rambam says, became a shana. A boy is twenty years old. You're twenty years old and you're still not married. You're mevatel and say presumably pruvu. You're mevatel mitzvah say. Says the Rambam. Vim haya osik batora. If he was a if he was learning in yeshiva and his full time learning, vaya torah ba and he was so worried and always so involved. His mental real estate was always occupied in the land of Torah. Vaya misyare milis isha. He was afraid to get married. Why was he afraid to get married? Not not the reasons that you're thinking. Kidesh lo yitrach ba mezonas bavor ishto. He doesn't have those thoughts. <laughs> Wonderfully married, happily married. So he says, the reason why he doesn't want to get married, he's worried that if he has, he's going to get married, the old Parnassah is going to be so great, he has to support a family, Jewish tuition, yeshiva tuition, he's not going to be able to learn. He says, um, he can go in and delay his learning. Because if you're involved in one mitzvah, you're potter from the next mitzvah. Time out, time out. He says, B'kosh ken b'tamatora, certainly b'tamatora. We just said, if the mitzvah cannot be done by somebody else, you, you have to stop to do it. Can someone else fulfill my obligation of pruravu? Nope. I don't understand. He said initially that if you have a mitzvah that won't be done by anybody else, stop your learning. V'yachsul tamudu. You have to go back, says the Rambam. And the Rambam here in the Chos seems to be so to himself, seems to contradict himself. He says... That if someone is learning, and the whole reason you're learning and you're delaying marriage is because you're afraid you're going to have to stop learning, you have to go into the workforce, it's okay. It's okay. You can go ahead and, and continue to learn. Because osik mitzvah, partum na mitzvah. But you just said back there, the mitzvah can't be done by someone else. I have to stop learning. I have to stop the mitzvah. And here, no one can fulfill my obligation to prove So there are multiple answers. And with this, I want to say a beautiful, beautiful insight of Ravon Salvechik, of Ravon Lichtenstein, sorry, and also Rav Yitzchak who said the same thing. So first of all, there's an interesting opinion of the Maram Shik, who was Nifter, um, lived in uh, in Hungary. The Maram Shik, uh, I wrote down the, his years in case anyone wants to know. The Maram Shik lived in um, I always like to know 1807 to 1879. I like to know some some frame of reference. So he's Nifter in 1879. The Maram Shik wrote Maram stands for Moreno Harav Moshe. Moreno Rav Moshe Shik, Maram Shik, wrote response on all the shas, all the mitzvos. He says, interesting shita, that in fact, someone's pruravu can be fulfilled by someone else. Okay, I'm not, we're not exactly sure what he meant, but he wrote that someone else can fulfill my obligation to pruravu, so that's an easy answer. But that, yeah, the implications are kind of a little scary, but in any event. So, the actual answer, says, says Rav Aaron Salvation, says Rav Hutner something amazing. He says, when it comes to Talmud Torah, we don't say, O sacred mitzvah, pater minah mitzvah. Because it's a pagam, there's a blemish in your learning. The whole reason we learn Torah, lilmod, almanas lasos. We do Torah so that when the opportunity to perform mitzvahs comes, we run. We don't begrudgingly say, I'm going to close, close my Gemara. We run to the mitzvah. That's the whole purpose of learning, to be aware of how to fulfill the mitzvahs, right? The Fnimishira Sadin to the best level, right? We, we run to it. So if I would say, ignore everything, that Samach Tzedek once had a famous story of Amitai to tell us all the time that Samach Tzedek was learning and in his house there was a room in between and then the third room was the baby. And that Samach Tzedek would hear the baby crying from the third room with the room interlying, you know, with the room in between them, whereas I'm not sure if his son or his grandson was in the room between them and didn't hear it. And he says your learning is not the same learning if you don't hear a child cry. 
the whole, and the Semach Tzedek, the great Semach Tzedek would get up and attend the baby. If you have a chance to do a mitzvah and you don't, that's the Pagam in your learning. Says Rav Hortner, says Rav Aron this is the brilliance of the Rambam. The Rambam says, if you're learning, I'll read the words again, and you pick up on the two critical words, guys. It says as follows. It says, If you had a, a, a performance of a mitzvah in front of you, and you're faced with also learning, you're learning, and the mitzvah comes your way, and there's a chance for someone else to do the mitzvah, don't stop. If the mitzvah won't be done by somebody else, stop. Sorry, yafsik. But make sure you go back to learn. Says Rav Hutner, says Rav Lichtenstein, if you stop learning to go ahead and attend the Alavaya, because there's no minion there, and you go back to learning, it shows the whole reason you left was just do the mitzvah. Learning, mitzvah sandwich by learning, then you get double brownie points while you're doing the mitzvah for learning as well. It reflects your thought process. If you're going back to the Chavrusa afterwards, why did the Ram have to say why do you say you have to go back to your learning? If you're going back to your learning, <clears throat> it shows you didn't really want to stop learning. The whole reason you did it is lil mode almanas lasos. You did it because you're learning. That's what it, 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 it infuses us with a, with a desire to go in and perform mitzvahs. But you went back to learning afterwards. That's why it's, you're allowed to do that. It shows that it's really the whole act, learning, the Leviathan and the, the chesed in the middle and the learning, it's one big act of learning. So you're getting double brownie points. And he says the only reason why we stop by Talmud Torah is because that's the whole reason why you're learning in the first place. The obvious answer is also when you, it's not like another mitzvah. If I'm getting married, it's a lifelong commitment. Right? I say it's not a, right? Marriage is not a, uh, not a word, it's a sentence. But anyway, <clears throat> okay. But anyway, right? You, it's, it's a lifelong commitment. So it's not like you can get back to learning right after you fix the mezuzah. It's, it's a long commitment. That's the obvious answer. But here, the Rambam of Hutner giving cre- incredible insight. And with this, I have one more. We'll, we'll pick up tomorrow with about the, about the tefillin. But uh, it's 9 o'clock, and we'll pick up tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. I got I to gotta laugh at a Jason. It was worth it.